Welcome to the Kumbaya Podcast, the whole woman's resource, where we uncover the amazing resources available to help you on your holistic health journey and hopefully help you prevent issues before they arise. Hello again, and welcome back to this episode of the Kumbaya Podcast. I'm so excited that you're here with me today. Our guest is a clinical nutritionist and exercise physiologist with more than 10 years of experience helping clients get healthy and stay healthy. As a nine-time marathoner and home birth mom of three, Caitlin Sampson understands how important nutrition is for optimal performance as well as motherhood. Her background is in medical research, health coaching, personal training, and nutritional counseling. Caitlin takes a holistic, individualized approach to her client's health, and some of her interests include chronic illness, digestive wellness, Lyme disease, fatigue, anxiety and depression, children's health, and preconception nutrition. This is actually Caitlin's second time on the Kumbaya podcast. She was one of my very first guests on episode five. I'll link to that episode in the show notes so you can listen to it and learn more about Caitlin's backstory and what she recommends to prevent disease and live our best life possible. Today, Caitlin's joining us to talk about preconception nutrition and why it's an important part of planning for your pregnancy. I'm eager for you to hear from Caitlin, so we'll jump right in. Thank you so much for being here, Caitlin. I am so excited for our conversation today. Excellent. So me too. Thanks, Amanda. Appreciate <laughs> you inviting me. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> um, so let's start with: Could you talk about um, and really try to explain the concept of preconception nutrition for us? What does that mean? Like, how long before getting pregnant should people think about this? Yeah. Um, so I guess I should say too, kind of my interest came with this, just looking back on my own journey, you know, and I, I think I, I actually did a few years before mm. getting pregnant. Um, sometimes I even think, Oh, I wish I would even started sooner than that. Just cause I think the more time you have before you get pregnant to just get yourself to a better place, the better, I guess, ideally I'd say three to four months, um, would be ideal. And, and basically with preconception nutrition, we're looking at looking at our nutrition before we even are trying to conceive. Mm. So getting the body right before you're even at that point of, Hey, we want to try having a baby. Mm -hmm. Um, so three to four months, I I'd say minimum. Um, I have, um, read some research studies just suggesting that women on birth control really should be off the birth control for six months to replete their folate levels that can you can't have a depleted folate from being on birth control. So it really does take six months um, to get those levels back up. And folate, for those of you who, ha- who are like, well, what is that? It's a type of B vitamin that's really important for the baby's um, brain health and spine health. Folate helps close the um, neural tube and, um, you know, prevent spina bifida in the Mm. baby. So, you know, when you, you know, be, let's say meeting with your doctor, your midwife, once you're pregnant, they're probably going to talk to you about this, but I think it's good to be thinking about this before you even are pregnant. Um, especially if you've been on birth control, because a lot of those birth control, the oral oral contraceptives 
will deplete you of certain nutrients, including folate. So definitely I would say six months, you know, for those who've been on oral contraceptives, um, for those who have, you know, three to four months, I think would be sufficient. Um, or even if, you know, you, you can even do years and, and just be thinking about that, um, how much nutrition plays a role even better to get the body ready for that stage because it, once you're pregnant, you know, it's, it's harder sometimes when you're not feeling well, you know, right. If you're already in good habits Mm -hmm. and just in the groove of it, it will make it so much easier. And then even with some of my moms who haven't, maybe are pregnant, haven't had the baby yet. I'm like, okay, you don't have yet a baby to take care of. Let's focus on nutrition now before you have a, a big, responsibility yes. <laughs> right That's right now we can focus on you yes it really changes so I just have found for my own life this is why I said looking back I'm like thank god I was in a rhythm yeah because it's so much harder when you have one child or more after that you know and if you have more you know you really got to be figuring out how do I how can I get this healthy meal fast for everybody you know mm-hmm. Um, and just everybody in that groove. And, and if you do get all of your family on board as soon as possible, then it's just great for everybody. Yeah. Is it is it also true that the pregnancy um, takes a toll on the body? And so as much as you can get into a healthy state with your stores of nutrients like full and you're just in a healthier state, does, does that help? Or is it more with genetics that we can have healthier babies or less issues if if we're doing this detox and we're doing this work before even conceiving yeah i mean pregnancy is a stress on the body right so i mean it's going yeah you're gonna be i i feel like any stress on the body like even a smoker right that's stress on the body or stress in general Mm -hmm. you're using more nutrients and now obviously you have a baby that's taking more nutrients but yes your body is in the state of kind of stress really mm-hmm. um not not necessarily bad stress right good stress yeah. <laughs> but just a lot of the body that you need yeah you need and so um that's why going into it with let's say depleted folate if you were on an oral contraceptive you're like starting yourself off in a bad place right because yes. you're already depleted so if we're having that more processed food diet and not a lot not a lot of nutrients and then you're going into this more stress state it's just harder on the body I think too, like you want to feel good. So the food we put in is a reflection then of how we're going to feel, right? you know, um, our energy and all that. So, um, and energy at times with pregnancies low, right? Mm-hmm. So if we can do what we can at least to get through it, feeling pretty good. I think that's important. Yeah. Um, and have you, oh, seen... I'm sorry, I hope I answered your question there. No, I think you did. Yeah, that's great. It, yeah. That pregnancy is a it is a stressor. It's a good stressor, <laughs> you know, welcome stress, but right. it is a, a depleting yeah. kind of activity on the body. It makes sense. Um, yeah. I'm, and I'm just curious and um, I haven't seen research like this, but I'm not up to date with all of the nutrition research, but even if you haven't seen it printed, do you see with your practice with these people who you are able to work with them preconception to to get their bodies healthier to get their nutrition on point do you see any correlation with less symptoms in that first trimester whether it be the nausea or the fatigue do do you see any kind of correlation with that or no um yeah I think sometimes a little less fatigue 
um, nausea, you know, might still happen, but we can get through it like with more, with some good tools. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a whole document I'll send any of my pregnant folks if they're having nausea, like on ideas. Um, so some things are still probably going to happen, but I, it can be, I think less, um, maybe, um, not as long of a period of time too, mm -hmm. you know, pretty short lived and they get through it. Um, you know, pregnancy is still tough period, but it's just, it doesn't seem like it's as bad of a struggle where mm -hmm. moms can at least have better energy than if they weren't, you know, eating a certain way. Right. I think that's really powerful too. So we can think of, okay, this is an ideal world and we want to have everything on point before we get pregnant. But I think thinking about um, that is one of the sequelae, that is one of the results of like, okay, if you can get your nutrition on point, your body's going to be healthier. And maybe you can even have, we can't make promises, but you know, maybe you can have a smoother first trimester because physically I know what I see with my patients or people that I work with, if they were in a great physical condition and great state before, but then they had three months, a really rough first trimester, they're really starting at a different place when they hit that second trimester and you get the energy back and you start feeling better, but we can't discredit that now you've been almost bedridden, you know, I mean, potentially I've had some patients that have had it really bad where mm -hmm. they're at a different, you know, so they're like, oh, I can't wait to get strong again. I can't wait to get back on exercising. But in that three months, their ligaments are loose. They've, you know, just so much has changed physiologically, but we have to realize that their body is, you know, it's a little deconditioned from all that nausea, yeah. from all that, you know. Yeah, yeah. What they've been through in the first trimester. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, how about, um, how about thinking about partners? How about, uh, you know, especially male, like husbands would, does any of this preconception discussion apply to them as well, or just the person carrying the baby? Absolutely. You know, they're not getting off on this one, right? <laughs> yeah. They have to be just on board with this too. Number one, it's going to make it so much easier for that woman carrying the baby, you know, mm -hmm. to have that support and someone that's willing to just make these changes together but there's research showing that men who eat more fruits and vegetables, more leafy greens, more the legumes, which are like your lentils, beans, have a higher sperm motility and a higher sperm count. Mm -hmm. So they're, they play a role, right? I mean, mm -hmm. they've got to be involved in this too. Um, so their nutrition is going to reflect in their sperm, just Great. like ours with their eggs, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, they absolutely, um, really need to be, you know, we'll probably get more into the nutrition stuff, what they need to maybe be doing too, yeah. but it's absolutely 50, 50. Yeah, that's great. It's very empowering to think that we have, and it's just like the discussion of like epigenetics, which I know is another whole thing, but like, we really have control over so much. And by the actions, it also, it does put a lot of responsibility on us that, you know, That's we can't right. just skate by eating ho-hos and, you know, microwave yeah. popcorn and stuff. But, you know, we need to be thinking of the nutrient value of what our food is giving us, but that mm -hmm. there is so much power that when you make those healthy choices, you get rewarded, your children get rewarded and, and, you know, future generations. So yeah, so let's let, let's jump into that. Like, I'd love to, um, and um, I know you have some resources too, and um, hopefully like a waiting list for people to to join. I, I won't steal your thunder, but um, I'd love if you can give us a little idea now. Um, 
you know, if you're trying to get pregnant, what are, are there some foods that you can eat that will help you get pregnant? Or is there such a thing as like a fertility meal plan or something that can help you in that process of conceiving? Yeah, I mean, I think there is um, just some basics of that. Um, just going back to the folate, you get that from your leafy greens. So I think hands down, just kind of a, a food kind of group to have into play really for anyone, but especially too, if you're trying to build another human being, your greens, your vegetables mm -hmm. and fruits. And pretty much with anyone that's coming to see me, I don't usually see them meeting the recommendation on this. Mm -hmm. The recommendation is seven to 10 servings of fruits and vegetables per day. A serving size is half a cup of a cooked vegetable or one cup of a raw leafy vegetable. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, most people maybe are some aren't getting any in some days, you know? Um, so I usually encourage saying, you know, let's strive for five servings total of fruits and vegetables per day. And then we can try to get up to the seven to 10 serving recommendation. So if you can have some leafy greens in there, you know, maybe an, if, if you can tolerate salads, fine, a nice big salad. If you do a couple, two cups of, let's say raw spinach in your salad, that's two cups or two servings right there. Then if you add other vegetables, right, there's more. Um, but if you're more of like, hey, it's colder out, I want some soups, you can put some kale in your soup, you know, so, so that's a great way to get kale, it has folate in it, asparagus, if you cook up some asparagus with one of your meals, um, uh, I believe it's, it's like eight spears of asparagus has a good amount of folate in it. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, you really focusing on more fruits and vegetables, hands down would be my first recommendation. And also keeping in mind how these foods, um, these healthy whole foods help balance our hormones. So when we're looking at like pregnancy and trying to, you know, um, have that healthy baby, just trying to balance our hormones with good whole foods is really important. Mm -hmm. um, and vegetables are a piece of that. They, they even help the body detox. They help the liver do its job with detoxification. So fruits and vegetables just have so many great qualities. Um, I will say too, the fiber content's really important. Um, mm. If you're not getting in enough fruits and vegetables, then probably not getting in enough fiber to the diet. And that really, after you have the baby, you know, if we're looking that far out, there can be constipation. It can be sometimes hard to, to go to the bathroom. But if you're in that mode already of, hey, I make this smoothie, I have this salad, and I'm not saying anything's perfect, right? Because right. I understand if you just have a, like, you know, I get it. <laughs> um, I've had three kids, I understand, nothing's perfect. But if you're already in that mode of, hey, I, you just know what you like to eat and you have your routine down, you can be meeting your fiber needs, maybe reducing your risk of having constipation after having the baby or during pregnancy, a lot of women can have constipation then too. The baby's pushing on all kinds of things. And yeah. I'm sure you have tons of information to share on this and probably deal with it so much with constipation and digestive things. But if we can make improvements there, it's just going to help you feel better in that, that regard too, of better bowel movements. Um, so fruits and vegetables, hands down, really important, um, especially again for the nutrition, the folate. Um, I do think lentils and beads, things like legumes have a lot of nutrition in them too. So that can help to get the fiber in some nutrition, um, and fish and seafood just for the omega threes, which are healthy fats. Um, I will say, um, I think you can find this on the American pregnancy association. There's certain fish. You might not want to go for the bigger fish that can carry more mercury, but smaller fish like, 
um, salmon um, would be good. Or if some of, some of the clients like sardines, you know, they're very small fish. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan, but you know, yeah. um, oysters, they say oysters for the zinc. Yeah. You know, they have okay. a lot of zinc. So the nutrition in some of these things can be really helpful. Um, so that is one thing I kind of think about, you know, if, if someone can tolerate eating some fish and seafood, um, it can have some nutritional value for sure for mm -hmm. mom and baby, for the brain development of the baby. Um, and um, just other healthy fats, avocados too are great. Nuts and seeds mm -hmm. offer a lot of nutritional value. And again, all these foods, cause they're whole foods will give you that fiber piece mm -hmm. as well um, yeah. and nutrition. So I need pretty much most whole foods. And by that, I mean, one ingredient foods, right? Nothing that's really overly processed. Your body's gonna recognize that better and mm -hmm. um, not have the, the burden of food dyes and artificial sweeteners and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, so I think those are definitely some good healthy foods to incorporate Great. Um, into the diet. And let's review just to make sure I heard you correctly. So if it's leafy greens, one cup is a serving. If it's cooked veggies, it's a half a cup. What about raw veggies that aren't leafy greens, like carrots and or like zucchini or something you're snacking on raw? What? How much would be a serving of that? Yeah. Um, so usually like 10 baby carrots to give okay. you an idea. I kind of think of what would fit in a one cup sort oh. of, you know, like, um, okay. so if you did slice up some zucchini, you know, maybe it would be a small zucchini or something like that, okay. you know? So it's the, the raw veggies is the same as the greens. It's about a cup if it's raw. Exactly. Okay, good. Yes. And then do you have a preference on shake versus smoothie? Uh, no, shake versus salad. Because sometimes I am just not in the mood for salad dressing. I don't know. And so I, then I just, then, you know, some days like I have a whole week where I just make shakes and I don't eat any salads, but it, in my mind, I'm getting the greens and the shake. Does that, I always make it with fruits and veggies, you know, in my shakes. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. I mean, you're still getting them in, you know? Mm -hmm. So if you add that spinach to your shake versus you having it at the meal, that's mm -hmm. totally fine. And then some people prefer more like solid food at times too or they'll yeah. do a combination of both of what they're in the mood for mm -hmm. and I think that's a great point too like not to feel like you have to I feel like everybody thinks they have to have salads yeah you don't have to have salads I sometimes am like no I don't want a salad today so I'll figure out a different way to get the vegetables in so I think it is good to be flexible with like what you're in the mood for to make this last mm -hmm. you know for ourselves instead of feeling forced like no that I you know, my, sometimes if I would give someone a meal plan, which I sometimes don't do because then people, you know, they might not eat that certain way, or they might not be in the mood for it that day. Right. Um, I don't want them to feel like I've got to have this. Caitlin put it on the meal plan. Yeah. No, you can be flexible and figure out a different way to get that serving of vegetables in. Maybe you're in the mood for those baby carrots instead and, um, and get a different green in later, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And especially this time of year, I love that you said, Putting the greens in a soup. I mean, that's awesome too. You know, just mm -hmm. the, the hot hot soup. Yeah, I love too, like green juice. So someone <laughs> juicing is going to be different than smoothies, just because it's going to take the fiber out. But um, as much as we need the fiber, as long as you're getting it in through other sources and want to do some juicing, that's fine. I like. I even just for sake of time, I I just don't juice myself right now. We have a juicer, but <laughs> yeah. Free kids forget it. You just let some things go. But I buy the Suja juice. That's S-U-J-A. Mm -hmm. And not that I'm here to promote that brand by any means, but I just find it's a good, it, they have one that's real low in sugar 
more mm. grams of added sugar just from a little grapefruit, but the rest is greens. And for me, it just like helps me, like I just get a cup of that in in the morning yeah. for breakfast just to get some greens in and then do my other stuff later. Yeah. But there's little things like that, that at least you can get some of those greens coming in, you know? Yeah. That's great. And like you said, looking at the sugar content and that, I appreciate that recommendation because mm -hmm. I just sometimes don't have time to sit there and like look at, okay, which one, you know, so thank you for that heads up. Yeah. How about any foods that um, people should avoid when they're trying to get pregnant or they're trying to conceive? Yeah, I think um, just going back to the processed foods, I know it can be hard to completely avoid these, but limiting them as much as you can. And by processed food, that's pretty much more of the stuff in the inner aisles of the stores. Um, and there's going to be some processed stuff that's going to be way better than others, for sure. You have to look at the ingredients, like we were just talking about looking at the sugar, looking at the ingredients, because if there's a long list of ingredients, it's probably not the best thing for you. Mm -hmm. There's probably a lot of fillers, artificial food dyes, you know, you probably can't pronounce half of the ingredients there. That's always a bad sign to me. <laughs> that don't yeah. even spend your time trying to research them all just put it down and pick something else you know awesome. there's yeah. been times where i'm like well let me let me check out these hash browns and i'm like ah they added like a vegetable oil to them that is not good for you you know mm -hmm. i'll just make it myself you know because yeah. i'm like they put stuff in everything you have to look mm -hmm. it's so bad now i just you know i can't even believe what they add to foods and so you really have to look at the ingredients because marketing is just going to persuade you to buy it you know, and act like it's healthy and really it might not be. Um, so sugar really is so inflammatory for the body. They add it to a lot of things. If you can really try to limit the white sugar you're having and switch, you know, if you want something sweet, I'm totally fine with folks doing more like coconut sugar, maple syrup, um, maybe even some honey, you know, just for some nutrition, at least from those things versus white sugar which really just depletes us of nutrients. So when we're trying to build the body up to carry a baby and you're having all this white sugar, you're just making yourself so depleted. Um, I mean, there's, I've heard that, you know, if you, um, with, when you consume white sugar to digest it, you actually are using up magnesium mm. and that, you know, is an important mineral for the yeah. body. Yeah. So you know, anything you can do to avoid some of the white sugar. So again, there are better brands of things like you know, certain cookies, if you feel like you want some cookies, you know, there are ones that make them with better quality ingredients and don't use white sugar. So we could go for something like that instead. Um, um, uh, as far as a recommendation there, I would say to keep it to under 25 grams of white sugar a day, added sugar. Okay. That doesn't include your fruit. So fruit is fine, but added sugar is going to be sugar added to items. So let's say you normally have like some flavored oatmeal in the morning. You want to look at that because there could be 12 grams of added sugar right there. Wow. If you have a granola bar, you know, the Nature Valley granola bars might have another 12 grams. So there you're at almost like 24 grams of sugar a day. If you have a flavored yogurt later in the day, well, now you're over. You're done. It can be that. <laughs> yeah. So that means no ice cream, no cookies, right? So yeah. we have to kind of pick and choose where we want to pick and choose what, where you want to get that sugar from the lower, the better. And if you switch to just some of these healthier forms, I think it's a great goal to just something fairly easy to do to just, those, those still taste really good, but you're not getting the white sugar and um, just simple swaps. If you normally have like a flavored yogurt, have an unsweetened one and you can sweeten it with maybe a, um, some fruit, maybe a little honey or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so that would be one I would say trying to avoid just because again, hormone balance, 
health of the baby, trying to keep your energy up. Sugar just causes so many dips, mm -hmm. you know, in our blood sugar, um, where we can just crash, right? And then feel tired. Um, and then it can be tough, right? When you don't feel good during pregnancy. This is why we want to work on it before mm -hmm. you get pregnant, because sometimes you don't feel good during pregnancy. What do you want? The sugar. Yes. The convenience you know, foods, bread which, sugar. Yep. Yeah. I feel like so, I don't, I don't feel good. I don't want to stand there and cook this whole oatmeal from scratch, whatever. I'm going to get the, the processed oatmeal that I'm used to getting. And so it's just, I can totally see the benefit of creating healthier habits when you are totally feeling good before you really need to, that, I mean, we always need to, but yeah, getting yeah. those benefits, I mean, those habits going before we're actually pregnant and maybe not feeling well. And then we're like, oh gosh, I just need to do something easy to get something in versus it may not be the most nutritionally, you know, right. sound choice that I'm making. Right. Yeah. 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 And you know, there's, <laughs> in, there are quick convenient things, you know, that I've learned to do as well. So it doesn't have to be at some expense forever in the kitchen, you know? Right. Um, but some of these just simple things to be aware of too, because sometimes when I talk to folks about the fiber and the added sugar, like they had no idea about the recommendation. They didn't know how many fruits and vegetables they should have. Mm -hmm. You know, I do like the my plate method, which is basic. They took away the food pyramid and came up with the my plate method, mm -hmm. which um, for those of you listening, you can go and, you know, you could just type in my plate and, and probably find out a picture of it. Basically what it will look like is a half of your plate should be fruits and vegetables, a quarter of your plate protein, a quarter of your plate, your starch, so mm. that your meals are balanced. And I think that always helps me to be like, oh, I have my starch and protein. Oh, where are my greens? Where are my green yeah. vegetables? Where's the fruit here? Because we sometimes forget about that piece. Yep. So balanced meals too, just kind of help with good blood sugar management. You know, again, thinking about, right, we have to get that blood sugar test during pregnancy, right? We don't want to end up with, um, you know, having gestational diabetes and then having to go down that path. And mm -hmm. Amanda, you do the home birth class. I mean, it could be, a, a it could be meaning no home birth for that mom. Right. If right. her, she can't get her blood sugar under control and that's devastating for moms. So if we can work on it even before and have that balanced meal, have the my plate method, kind of in our minds, fruits, vegetables, some protein, some starch, like then we're kind of on the right path, you know, yeah. during pregnancy. Yeah. Um, I will say I do check some things for my folks like dairy. Sometimes pasteurized dairy is very inflammatory for folks. So it might be something that I have them replace with other things. Um, and I usually am not so worried about the calcium issue if we're getting in calcium from other sources. Right. Um, so th there's a couple other things sometimes with moms, like, you know, that maybe gluten is an issue for that mom. It could be, they might just have a gluten sensitivity and mm -hmm. that could be, if that's affecting them, I mean, it could be hindering the process of getting pregnant possibly. Yep. yep. So I like to check these things before to see if there's any like food stressors or food sensitivities that we need to replace so that we can just make sure the body is in a really good state of not having inflammation. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. These are anti-inflammatory foods to help just the body run efficiently and have low, very low inflammation, hopefully no inflammation going Absolutely. on. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, oh, and I just thought of, um, so when you say calcium, other sources, is that like your leafy greens? I mean, I don't think people think, yeah. and this is probably from dairy industry, you know, harping, you need milk to have calcium. We don't need milk to have calcium. Um, so where, what are some other calcium sources that just leafy greens or other yeah. veggies? 
Um, even oranges, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Have, okay. Um, I believe too, like chia seeds. I want to say I have like a whole list that I give folks just cool. so that they don't have that concern. Cause it always is like, well, I'm not getting in my milk. Where am I getting it from? And I will say, you know, some of the non-dairy milks that most people are going to have a little bit of because they're not having milk, um, like maybe even some almond milk, they will you know, have some calcium added to that as well. And uh -huh. there are, um, there is a supplement sometimes that I'll give that's very whole food based if we need to add in that calcium. I know for myself, I had to take that during third trimester mm -hmm. because, you know, the baby's really building, they're building their bones, right? Mm -hmm. They're taking a lot of calcium from mom. And that really helped me to not have like Charlie horses at night. You know, yeah, that's a I sign needed that too. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that calcium support helped me a lot. Um, and, and you just want to make sure it's from a good source, you know, whole food supplement, if you need something like that. Yeah, so. great. I remember, and just back to the sugar topic for a second, I remember um, really having my eyes open to that documentary. Is it Fed Up? Have you seen that? I think it was Katie Couric that kind of narrated it. And it was all about the hidden sugar in things. If you guys have mm -hmm. not seen Fed Up, I would watch it. It was and that was when we made the switch. It was just so surprising to me. But um, ketchup was one of the things. Thinking about kids, whether they're eating French fries or whatever they put ketchup on, um, the the conventional you know ketchup that you see in the store. I won't name names, but you just look at your ketchup bottle and look at the. I mean, it is just like insane how much sugar is in there. It should be tomatoes and tomato sauce. You know, not right. sugar. Um, so I know now we get our. Um, our ketchup from Trader Joe's because they have a really good organic brand that just really is low sugar. Um, because I'm not about to be making my own ketchup, but <laughs> and we, we're not a household well, that eats it that much. Too. Um, there the people are more aware of this, which is really cool. I will say there's a brand that does it with just vegetables. I, I can't think of that, but even at Kroger, you know, for those uh, of those who are local, no Kroger. I mean, that's a pretty like our general uh grocery chain, mm -hmm. they carry it. You know, so yeah. you can find these things. You don't have to be making your own ketchup, but there's one that there there is some that are out there that either are organic, low sugar, or even no sugar, no added sugar at all. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Great. Oh, that's easy, so good. Easy yeah. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Um and then real quick, are there uh I remember when I was pregnant, um detoxing. Detoxing is that not good to do during pregnancy. I know we're talking preconception nutrition, but um, is that something we want to make sure? That's kind of why we want to do it before we get pregnant, because when we get pregnant, then we don't want to do detox. Yes, there's only so much you can really do during pregnancy, right? You don't want to be doing some heavy detoxing. That's just not good. Yeah, um, that's too much. It um, passes to the baby, so right? I mean, it could potentially when you're detoxing. Good, it yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And honestly, if a mom hasn't done any of that work before and is trying to, I mean, that's just too much going on, like trying to, yeah, it's a risk to the baby. And I think it's just not good for the mom either to, there could be die off happening. And if the toxins aren't moving out and you don't really want to start something like that at that time, because you have to get all your drainage pathways open too. And that, so you really don't want to be trying to do all that when you're pregnant already. Yeah. Um, you know, that's why I think like giving six months, get those drainage pathways open, which is your liver, your lymphatic system, your kidneys, make sure they're flushing things out really well mm -hmm. before you go and have, you know, get pregnant. Um, so you can definitely do the detox work in the, before pregnancy, you know, Great. um, that's why we're having this call is because 
that's a huge issue I see is the toxin piece. Um, we all are bombarded with toxins, pesticides, glyphosate. I've had women come in covered in tattoos. I mean, you know, let's just be real about that. You know, I'm not, nothing wrong with if you want to get a tattoo, but there can be a lot of heavy metals in the body from that. Yeah. I mean, so there's toxicity or hairstylists, right? I mean, they're yeah. around a lot of chemicals. So mm -hmm. if we can get the body to move these toxins out, get your drainage pathways open before you even become pregnant, it's so, so important. And I, and I look at back, like, I wish I would have even done some of the work I've done now after having kids before, but I just didn't know about some of these things. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I yeah. did a lot, but that's why I want to help moms to know, let's do it before you get pregnant, because it's only going to mean your baby possibly could be so much healthier. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, when, it, when you have a healthy child, it can mean better sleep for the baby, better sleep for the parents. It's only going to help you. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe less colic. I mean, if you're eating better and then, um, your baby's getting breast milk that doesn't maybe have those, um, proteins in it that some babies react to. Sometimes babies have issues with dairy. If you're already yeah. doing dairy free, <clears throat> then the baby's not getting that. I mean, I will just, you know, I'm not here to say, Oh, you know, uh, all about my experience, but my kids really never had, um, like colic or anything like that. Yeah. But it was because every, like I, was eating already a certain way, yep. you know, that it made it so much easier for me. And it breaks my heart when I see moms struggling, like, it's like, well, they're probably reacting to that. Those, some of those proteins. Yes. Um, and it's a lot on the mom to then change the diet then when they're so overwhelmed with the new one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It. So if we can do it all the way before, and I know it's sometimes so hard to see that full long picture, like right. you're just in that mind of, I just want to have a baby, but yeah. think about if you just take a few months one client, I told her, just give me six months, six yeah. months. That's all. Yeah. You know, but sometimes people can't wait. And I understand yeah. that. But if you can look at the long haul, that's going to help you mm -hmm. try to wait. give yourself that time before it is so important. I agree. And I feel like at least I didn't hear people talking about it in space. Like, and you know, with what we do, we're kind of in the space of health providers and, um, healthcare and being proactive and being preventative. And I just, I didn't really hear many people talking about it years and years ago. And so now I'm just so excited that people, you know, we are talking about it and we're saying, I think getting pregnant is such a catalyst for positive change because you start looking at, wait, everything that I'm eating and what I'm putting on my body is not only affecting me now, it's affecting my child. If my child's a little girl, she's got all her eggs in her that she's going to have. So you're really yeah. growing your your grandkids, you know, DNA in your body at the same time if you have a, a female child. And um, I just think, yeah, that people are being more proactive now. And I just think this is such a wonderful conversation to have. So how can um, how can couples get more information about how to work with you? And what are some of the things you have coming down the pipeline that people can look forward to? Yeah, um, they can just go to my website if they want to contact me directly and, and have a little chat first to see how I might be able to help. And that's www.truefoodandwellness.com, all spelled out. And coming this year, we will be having a preconception nutrition program. Um, hasn't launched yet. So, you know, three kids. I'm, I'm I trying. <laughs> so everybody, I'm trying to get it out there for you. Um, so that will be available this year. Um, hopefully we'll have more um, exact date for you ASAP, but you can go to the website, sign up on the wait list and you'll get that information sent as soon as we have any more updates. 
Yeah, excellent. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your time today, for all that you're doing, um, for you know, men and women with their nutrition, but especially around this topic, I just think it's such important work and I really appreciate your time doing the one-on-one -on -one work, but then also putting together this program and, and what you're going into too. I am so excited for you and, and for all the people that are gonna to get to benefit from what you give, so. Thanks, Amanda. Thanks for your support. I appreciate it. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Take care. Do you ever wish that you could learn the essentials of pelvic health from an experienced pelvic floor physical therapist at a fraction of the cost and from the comfort of your own home? This episode is sponsored by Progressive Pelvic Education, your source for online courses to expand your pelvic health knowledge and promote optimal wellness. Pelvic health is wealth, and there is a lot of essential information about our pelvic floor that isn't taught in school. Learn what to do and not to do to avoid the inconvenience and pain of pelvic floor issues in a self-paced course you can take anywhere. Visit progressivepelviceducation.com to get access today. This content is for educational purposes only and is not intended to be medical advice. Please discuss any questions you may have regarding your health or medical condition with your physician or a qualified healthcare professional. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests.